Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist with a specific interest in helping people with chronic vertigo, chronic dizziness, chronic disequilibrium, or chronic tinnitus recover using neuroplasticity. Today, I am really blessed and excited. This is my favorite part of my career, which is to share recovery stories, human stories, real human experience with the world because I actually believe there's too many stories of there's no cure, you can't get rid of this and all the negative um, kind of, you know, hopelessness. There's too much of that on the internet and I really love to balance that out with some real human stories of actually, yes, you can do something about this and you can heal and this is what it looks like for me. So today I want to introduce you all to Elizabeth who's calling in from the United States. Welcome to the call. Thank you, Joey. So nice to see you. I know. It's just really beautiful to reconnect with you and to learn what you're up to. And thank you for being brave and courageous. Every human story matters. Every human voice counts. And when I go through these stories of healing and recovery, what I would love you to do is just share, if you can, where you started and what you were feeling initially so before you even met me and before you started Rocksteady, your beautiful balance, and if you could just share with the listeners, what were you feeling in your life, in your body? What was the daily grind for you at that point in time? And, and your diagnosis, if you have one. I know not everybody has one. Well, it all started last year, 2017 in October. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a cosmetologist and uh, I cut hair for a living. And I also was working out a lot. I was doing Pilates, going to the gym. And one day I woke up and it felt kind of funny, you know. I, I felt this before in the past where kind of lightheaded. But, you know, after a few hours or after a day or two, it would go away. Um, I took myself to Pilates and uh, I was doing Pilates. And all of a sudden I felt a little vertigo. And I said, oh, that's, you know, I've had it before. It's going to go away. But after that, the vertigo went away. and I was lightheaded for a day, two days, mm -hmm. a week went by and I started getting worried and my anxiety level raised and I said, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? I started getting so sick. I don't know if I just made myself sicker by thinking there's something wrong with me. I'm dying. Uh, I have a tumor. I have, it, it was awful. It was awful. I stopped doing things. I stopped talking to people. Uh, I quit working out. I mean, this all happened within two weeks of feeling horrible. Which and is actually quite normal, I want to say. Like, you know, your body is giving you genuine error signals. You're, you're genuinely getting messages to your brain, which are the vertigo movement. Well, how did it feel for you? Was it like a rocking movement or? It felt like, God, and it was so hard to explain it. Um, it felt like I was in a bubble. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was on drugs all day long, uh, tranquilizers. Um, and did you it have any, any? I rocked. It just felt like my head felt like it was so heavy. Yeah. I felt a lot of pressure in the back of my neck. It, it was but awful. It's really common for vestibular migraine, those symptoms. Yes. Which I didn't know at the time, you know, yeah. until you told me. And so you went to the doctors and all of that. And what happened? I went to the doctors one day, made an appointment, went to the doctors and, you know, they did all the tests that they could, you know, blood pressure. Um, they made me stand, sit, uh, did all the blood work. And like most people, um, everything came back normal. Mm -hmm. But 
went a couple of times. I didn't just go once. I went in October. Actually, I went twice in October. And then they started sending me to specialists, cardiologists, mm -hmm. neurologists. And everyone pretty much said the same until I went to an ENT. And the ENT said, um, there's really nothing wrong with you. You just, you might, you, you're probably just off balance. And, and I said, well, how do I get better? Oh, well, you might not get better or you may want to, you know, talk to other people with the same problem and talk to them. Well, I was so anxious that I said, forget it. I'm not going to the doctors anymore. I started doing my own research. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, like everyone, I'm, I went through so many, so many until I ran into one of your videos and it helped me greatly. And that was the calming the storm interview I did. That was the calming the storm. Yes. I said, you know what? I'm just going to try it out. I'm going to listen to it. And it opened something up. I said, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try. And I started listening to all the videos and your voice was so soothing. I loved you from the very first day. I was like, wow. Even my husband said, oh my God, she put you to sleep last night. You didn't even finish your video. And that's how it all started. I said, she's going to help me. And so can you remember, because I remember when you first contacted me and emailed me and, and I could definitely connect with your anxiety and, you know, you were, I think, experiencing quite a lot of helplessness and hopelessness thoughts, which was really reflected in the way you were wording your emails. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you were, like, where were you at that point in your life when it was, you know, you were just starting the program or just thinking like, oh my God, can I ever get better? In fact, I think you mentioned you watched a bunch of other people's recovery stories. What, yes. what headspace were you in back then? Obviously you're in a completely different space now, but talk, talk through that initial decision making I was, process. I was so lost, Joey. I, I felt like my life wasn't even my life anymore. I thought that's it. I'm done. Hmm. Um, I cried almost every day and it wasn't like I cried almost every day. It was all day long. Wow. I mean, making people around me kind of miserable after a while, they were like, you know, what's going on? You'll be fine. You're just, you know, maybe it's depression. I mean, you know, it could have, I still don't know from this day really a hundred percent. I stopped wanting to know because that was a problem too. Wanting to know, wanting to know, what is it that I have? What is it that I have until, you know, like I started your program, your program, yeah was I think was an eye-opening for me it was fantastic yeah well you did so well and so what was the um yeah you take that turn it off and so I know you also consulted a neurologist I did um finally after three months um they didn't want to schedule me an appointment with a neurologist they said I didn't need it but I kept insisting until they finally did I think um, I encouraged you to do that because you did, you wanted to make sure that there was really nothing, you know? So yeah. um, I want, they, they did the, they requested an MRI first, obviously. So I did that. That came back clear. Um, Thank goodness. He was kind of concerned too. He says, you know, I, I want you to still come back to me and maybe we can talk further. So he, he thought a little bit the same as what you had said, something about migraines because mm -hmm. He asked me what my past history was with my health. And I had migraines almost since I was 14. Yeah. And after I developed this lightheadedness, the pain migraine never felt anymore. Like I didn't even know if I was even having a migraine anymore. I, I still don't get them anymore. It's really weird. I get dizzy instead. So yeah, it's a different, but you had said, yes. I have a stimular migraine. And well, so 
stib- just for people listening, vestibular migraine is like a quirky version of migraine because they often call it invisible or silent because you don't get your classic headaches. Correct. And people will often say, I feel like I've got pressure in my head or my brain's turned into a cloud or they'll say, um, you know, they get discombobulated. They, they feel vague versions of spinning or dizziness. It's not necessarily like nystagmus in the eyes, which is where your eyes flicker, which is the real classic vertigo. So it's more of an internal pressure at the back of the neck, back of the head, strain in the eyes, but no actual headache. And it's because the migraine is impacting the nerve fibers between the inner ears and the brainstem, the midbrain, the various areas of the brain we need for balance. And when we're going through the migraine, we feel really upset, really um, disconnected, symptomatic, and then it can actually pass and resolve. And for some people, they never quite snap out of it. So even between attacks or between migraines, they're not quite returning back to normal. They're not getting that baseline balance back. And that's where the rock steady process comes in to retrain the brain and to reset and recalibrate back to normal. Absolutely. How long did it take? Can you remember, so there's six modules in Rocksteady and you also opted to do some private therapy with me as well, which I think was a really, a really smart yeah. idea on your behalf because it, it yes. helped, you, helped you go through different layers of healing. But how long until you felt some relief, until you felt like, oh my God, I'm getting this, like until you finally felt like you were on the healing journey instead of the pain it was, journey? It was, it was quite interesting because when I first started doing it, um, I was always anxious yeah. when we at our meeting date, you know, and I said, oh, I wanted to make sure that you were happy with my progress, but I wasn't feeling that much progress. But until maybe the fourth month, um, I, re- I think I remember telling you, you know, I had a good day yesterday or I had a good week and you were happy and I was happy because it actually started happening. You know, um, I could explain it right now, but I don't want to. I think if someone really needed it, they can join the program. The program was wonderful. It helped me um, realize that there's days that you're going to be feeling bad, not right. And then there's days you're going to be feeling strong and positive. And I think that's what started happening. I started believing in myself. Yeah. Symptoms. I hated my symptoms at first. I didn't want them. I wanted them out. So the more I wanted them out, the more I was feeling that way. The more resistance, the resistance really builds the symptoms, so both, both for vertigo and tinnitus. And I remember you emailed me once saying, oh, my God, my tinnitus is gone. I just can't hear it. Do you remember that? Yes, I, I remember. Uh, what was, I think it was before I fell asleep and I, I tapped my husband. And I said, oh, my God, I don't hear it. And then, you know, of course, it came back. But um, that's right. I have tinnitus as well. Um, that came on a month after my lightheadedness, which was something kind of crazy, but, um, I don't even hear that anymore. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, it's there. I know it's there, but it's like, it's part of me now. I actually enjoy it. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is all of, these, enjoy it. all of these body sensations, whether they be our dizziness, like our unsteadiness, our imbalance or our tinnitus, technically speaking, those neural patterns and neural fibers, they live inside of us. Like they're there 24 seven. And it's not like a splinter in your toe that you, you pull out and remove. So they're they're kind of a part of our neural settings. And as you say, they're a part of our wholeness. And when we don't notice them and don't feel them and they, it's perceived that they're not there and they disappeared, they're actually still there. They're just silently sitting there and kind of not activated. It's like they're asleep. Absolutely. They are always there and we don't need to get rid of them. They're just a part of our brain network. And 
when we learn how to fire our steadiness pathways and our calm and our self-love and all of the, the peacefulness, those adjacent pathways start to be stimulated, activated and more strengthened, which means they're the things we're feeling more often in daily life. And then the symptoms such as the tinnitus and vertigo, they become comparatively weaker and less active. And you've actually gone through that experience, right? Yes. Um, I, when I first, um, felt the tinnitus or heard it. I was watching TV one night and I said, uh-oh, there's something going on. There's there's a bee in my head because um, mine is in the form of like static. Yeah, and, actually mine too. And every time I heard it or I felt it, um, I actually felt dizzier. Like mm -hmm. I felt, oh, I'm going to throw up. I felt like my head was going to blow up. But now when I do realize it's there, or of course, when I go to bed, it's there. It's, it's, it's always there. It's like my sister saying good night to me, you know, um, I feel that pressure. I don't feel that dizziness just part of me now. And, you know, I deal with it. It's beautiful. It's actually great because it really doesn't, I'm not, it's not there. That's the yeah. thing. It's not well, there. I think, I don't like I used to. And I think this is a, a new concept that I, I, I always encourage my private therapy clients to step into, which you've done now and you've probably forgotten, Elizabeth. But there's a big difference between considering something a symptom and noticing a sensation. A sensation is a normal phenomena in your body that you feel, such as if I was to, you know, touch my microphone here or hold my sunglasses, I'm feeling sensation in my body. That's not a symptom. It's just a normal Correct. sensation. And so if yeah. we start to feel our changing sensations of you know movement like you can have dancing movements in your body and have these sensations of flow and and micro adjustments you can notice sensations or hear sensations of sound and they're not perceived in any way shape or form of as abnormal or wrong or to be avoided or to be worried about and so they can really open us up to a whole new spectrum of feeling because inside of our inner world there is so much happening and often we numb ourselves because we think oh well i should only feel this this is what i'm allowed mm -hmm. to feel and this is it but once we take away that judgment and we actually open up to more of ourselves we we learn more about ourselves and we feel more of our experience and we welcome it in with curiosity and with gratitude and acceptance and awe like awe and i think that's really you've demonstrated that really well that's what i've witnessed in you which has been a delight and the truth is, is when I start working with clients and people say, oh, my God, what's my future hold? Have you seen anyone like me before? You know, can I get better? And I have to say to people, look, I can't predict your future. But I do know that the one critical ingredient in your recovery is self-belief. If you don't believe it's possible, it's near impossible that your neurons will change. Like it has to come from the inside and through a capacity and a willingness to feel and a willingness to change. And you have to believe in yourself and support yourself through that process to let your neural networks actually adjust. And I think for too many people out there, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this too, Elizabeth, for too many people out there, we're too quickly diagnosed and told, oh, you've got depression or you've got anxiety yes. or you've got this, you've got that, like go home and deal with it. That's who you are now. And that's actually mm -hmm. limiting you. And it's not enabling you to explore the capacity for change and for resolution and for growth because i actually believe sometimes going through the darkest difficult most horrible feelings and days is part of our healing so it's like you've almost you've almost got to go into the hole before you can come absolutely out. and, so and that's feeling, where i was stuck mm -hmm. yeah and so, i was so scared <laughs> yeah yeah 
And so what were some of the things that, how has your relationship to yourself changed in going through this diagnostic process, through this symptomatic process and through this healing process? How has your relationship to yourself changed? Well, um, just to finish that off, yes, I remember going to ENT and them telling me, you know, when I told them I have the ringing in the ear and they're like, oh, okay, well, I do too. Um, so many people do. You're just going to have to deal with it. With time, you'll adjust. And of course, it made me feel like, oh my God, I have no hope. You know, this is going to be crazy. But when I started your program and you told me that it wasn't deadly and that I can live with it and accept it, um, it was fantastic. So that's what I started doing. You know, at first I hated it and I hated myself. Mm. I, I hated myself. I, I was so depressed. I, I thought I wasn't worthy. Um, I said, I probably did this to myself. Maybe I am depressed. Maybe I'm not good enough, you know, and uh, your program taught me that that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I knew this. We all know this. We know this. It's, well, when, when we're in our DNA, we know how to love ourselves, but we don't know how. And we're often not, there's not that role modeling because often our parents or even our teachers have, have really not necessarily had integrity or sovereignty in their own decisions and in their own sense of self-love and self-worth and self-acceptance. And so we've been watching people before us kind of put themselves last and do things for other people. And yes. then it's almost like this martyrdom. That, it's true. And then we put ourselves in the back of the queue and we start doing things for other people. So we become super mums for our children and we become super partners for our partners and we end up suffering and our health can suffer and our mind, body, soul connection can become really disjointed. I started, um, I started doing things for me. It was okay to say no mm. and okay to say today I'm going to rest. And it was okay to say, I'm not going to go to work today because I'm not feeling good. Before it would be, I can't. I have, you know, to. I have to go to work. Or what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And so even though it was a depressing time because I was laying on the couch or the bed a lot because I was trying to feel sorry for myself, I decided it's okay to lay on the couch and in the bed, mm. but feel sorry for yourself. Accept it and love yourself because this is the time you need for you to understand that maybe you need to wake up and find yourself. So yeah. I started finding myself. I started really liking myself again. Did it was, you, and I feel, still do. And I don't think I'll ever stop because I love myself. That's it's, so beautiful. Did you feel like it was a bit of a rebirthing process? Like you were rebirthing into a whole new I, version of I you? have to say yes. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm the new little girl. Yeah. Go back to. And now I'm together with her and we're living a great life. We're twins. You know, it's, we're together. She's invisible, but I love her. <laughs> we all have our own inner child. And I feel that when, it, when we talk about here, I forgot about her. That was the problem. Well, we kind of trained. We're trained out of it, aren't we? Like, you know, it's like in life and society, it's like, come on, you've got to be happy. You've got to buy this product. You've got to earn this money. You've got to lose this weight. You've got to do this and push through and don't take time off because if you take time off, you're lazy and you're too sensitive and blah, blah, blah. So the world's giving us all this messaging and it's highly confusing because it's not serving our greatest good. And deep down, there's that voice inside of us. It's like, I know I need to do something differently. I know I need to change. And it's absolutely understandable if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to become like Elizabeth. Right. And that's, 
you know, it's like saying you just want to play the piano suddenly. Of course, you don't know how to play the piano. You need to get a teacher. You need to mm -hmm. have a method and a process to teach your fingers how to do that. And healing and finding steadiness and cultivating new neural networks in your brain and using neuroplasticity is an art form and a skill base. And yes, right. you can learn it, but you will only get started when you feel ready enough to actually click on Rocksteady and get started. It starts by you being ready. And I think it's just a huge credit to you know every single person who I've ever interviewed on these recovery case studies. You guys have done it, you know. It, it's not me doing the work. I'm I'm providing a, a resource for you and a and a safe, loving container for you to explore. However, I think down deep inside we were I was so anxious. Like I, I want I kept saying to myself, it's not fair. Life is not fair. I want to be like I was before, like I was a month ago. But I stopped saying that with your program. Your program helped me not say that anymore because we're not going to go back to what we were. We're well, going to possible our new lives now in a beautiful way, and it became beautiful. I mean, I have tinnitus. Ooh la la, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not bored. I have something to entertain me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're not bored. And I've heard of people saying that when once they can't hear their tinnitus anymore, they actually feel nude. They feel naked. They're like, oh my God, I got so used to having that walk yes. around with me all day long that once it disappeared, I'm, so you said like, it. <laughs> I'm like, where is it? I want it back. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. think, you know, it's, it's for those people out there listening and going, I hate my tinnitus. I'll never love my tinnitus. Mm -hmm. Just let yourself be there where you are at that point. I was there. I was yeah. there. Yeah. We've all been there. I mean, I had yeah. distressing tinnitus and I was freaking out and super worried it was going to destroy my life. And I had to find a way to shift my perspective. So now if, and when I notice my tinnitus, which is intermittent and not very often, I, I pretty much always, it comes back to, well, either I've been doing a bunch of handstands and I've been upside down or doing intense backbends, which makes the blood flow around the ears change quality and sound, Correct. which is too, just normal. Or it means I need an early night. I need to hydrate. I need to check in on my diet. I need to check in on some of my physical self-care needs. And so it's, it's a, like a nice little reminder. It's like the canary in the mine. And that, can, so true. and that can help me stay tuned in. So I have like this really loving symbiotic relationship with my tinnitus and it comes and goes as it needs to. Yeah. And, and I let it. So for those of you out there who are thinking, I have to get rid of it, I hate it, all of this, your healing is going to be a very long, painful process if you continue with that attitude. But at the end of the day, if that's where you are today, then you, then you need to support yourself in that mind frame until you're ready to go, okay, well, maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's a different approach. Maybe I can, I can learn to allow those sensations to be there and learn to rebirth myself and change my neural settings in a way that dramatically impacts my whole life. It's not about getting rid of tinnitus. This is about actually rebirthing me as a person and my relationship to myself. That's so, good. yeah. <laughs> so Elizabeth, if you could speak any words of encouragement or wisdom to people who are listening, who are thinking like, I don't think I can do this. I don't believe in healing. If you could put in your words, what neuroplasticity felt like to you. So when you're actually going through the changes and feeling it, could you describe to them what it feels like to actually go through that internal change? Oh gosh. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost what you want from the beginning and you can't wait till that moment again of, Oh, I feel so good today, you know, and 
I would encourage you not to seek for it so fast and so hard. Just accept what you're going through at the moment because that's going to happen at first. You're going to want to wake up and feel nothing, no vertigo, no lightheadedness, no sounds in your ear. Mm. When I started accepting it, that's when I started feeling better. But the most important is to do the program and to do the exercises because that'll, that'll make you go in advance on your own, not saying how long is it going to take? And you will, it will take a long time if you don't do it. I mean, this program is fantastic. If you all just listen, seriously, I've been through it. It helped me try it. I mean, there, you can't lose anything except yourself if you don't do it. It's just, it was, it's great. And I'm still doing it. I'm still going through it. I still, I still with your program in my head it's it's fantastic well they're they're really life skills and everything in my program i've gone through and i've done like i i've really explored this deeply and it's not a theoretical program it's really a heart-based compassion-based program curious how just for people who are listening and thinking like oh i don't have enough time i'm working and i've got kids how much time realistically did you invest into your healing each day in terms of like actual exercises, whether that be tapping or writing or, or physical exercises, how much time a day did you need to really see the benefits and feel the benefits? Well, at the beginning, I, I wanted to heal, but I didn't want to do any of the exercises. And I'll be honest, I just didn't want to, I wanted to do the program. I did the program, but then I felt like, Oh, I'm not going to get better until it, it, it clicks, you know, it hits you and you're like, well, you know, hell, I'm in this program. Why not do the exercises? And it probably three times a day I would wake up. Um, that would be the first thing I would do my vestibular exercises. I, I loved doing those in the morning with my head, the, the head and then um, writing my feelings on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone has their own. The tapping, I really liked it, but I didn't do it much. I did it more with you, and I liked doing it together with you. It's I, powerful, yeah. Yeah, it's more powerful doing it with a team with or, or with a partner. Yeah. Um, mainly, it was getting up, feeling what I was feeling, the sensation, that's going on with the day instead of turning around and going back to bed. So, yeah. And no that's... Way I was that's probably actually the most important take-home message is unless we're willing to feel what we're feeling and actually take that with us to our Pilates class or take that with us as we go to the kitchen and cook or take that with us as we go and watch our children do their theater performance in their school play right it's we have to be able to feel it and love ourselves as we make really heartfelt, gentle choices in life. Because sometimes the best thing you can do is to spend a day in bed and love yourself as you do that, right? And call in your support team, get people to cook you a meal, get people to vacuum your house. Like sometimes that is the the most loving decision for you. And other days staying in bed is damaging. Like it's actually not helping and it's an avoidance behavior. Yeah, there's two things. You can stay in bed and love yourself or stay in bed and feel sorry for yourself. And at the beginning, Whoever's listening, of course, you're going to feel sorry for yourself. But if you start loving yourself like I did, and I started thinking, oh, my God, I quit Pilates. It's been four months. And it took me four months to realize I got to go back to it. Um, you had to feel that I have this condition, you know, this, this, it's not even a condition. It's a new thing in my body. They know if you're honest with your trainers or with your gym or, mm. or just 
yourself, you won't do the full exercise. You know, my Pilates instructor was great. She's like, Hey, you know, when you can't do anymore, you don't do anymore. So when she encouraged me to come back as well, uh, I started making my appointments again and I'm full. I'm going twice a week again. So I'm very excited. And it's really great to know that you don't have to be a hundred percent every day. Like some days no. you might just go, go and do what you would consider a 50% class and that could be perfect for you and to really love yourself in that decision to slow down and to feel and to not be generic, you know, a generic yoga class or Pilates class or any form of class is not going to be perfectly suited to you every day. Like that's just impossible. And it's with everything, not just exercise. Correct. You know, and so really giving yourself permission to think, what does my mind need today? What does my body need today? What does my soul and my heart need today? And really custom build your life to make choices that nurture you. And that is a skill set. And in the beginning, it's confusing, isn't it? It's like, oh my God, I don't know what's right for me. I don't know. I don't know. And we want someone else to know what to do. And so I was was confused. I had no idea. I'm like, what do I do next? What door should I open? Yeah. And so how can you remember the turning point when suddenly you were like, oh, okay, I get it now. I don't even need to ask Joey. I don't even need to ask somebody else. When did you start to realize, oh, I think I'm getting the hang of this and I can there take was, care of it? There was me. a few moments uh, when you when you did um, make sure to, to let us know that they weren't symptoms, they were sensations. That was big for me. Mm. I don't know if other people tell you, but it was big because I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's just a sensation. It's not going to kill me. Mm. I have to learn how to accept. It's me. It's it's with me. It's my body. If it's with me and it's not going to kill me, then it's a precious thing. Yeah. That was, that was major for me. I think that was, you know, everyone has their own. That was really a big thing for me. Yeah. That's when I knew that it's, it, it changed. And it did. It started changing. And you, you, and you told me, you know, um, get out of that hole. You can do it. You're not stuck. And... And I started saying, you know what, remember that we had a meeting once and, and I told you I was in a cold, dark well. Yeah. And I forget that there was the ladder, but I couldn't get out of it. And you're like, yeah, try to get out. You can do it. I know you can because you're, it's open. You can get out. Nobody's holding you down. And I started doing belief. It's self-belief. If we don't believe in ourselves, we don't open those doors. We don't ask those questions. We don't make those choices. And I suppose I had the belief that you had the belief and then you didn't rush it. Once I knew that I can love myself because that was a big deal too. I uh, very insecure about myself. I, I let myself go for years. Like what happened to that positive girl that I used to be? So once I started doing that, I was like, you know what? This can happen. It's got to happen. Mm. It's got to happen. I, I got to be happy again. I want to be happy. I love, I, I'm the smiley kind of person. I like to joke around and, you know, go out with friends and go to the park and walk my dogs. And I wasn't doing that. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I changing my life? I'm not going to change my life. You know, I'm going to tell my sensations that it's okay. Yeah. That's what I started doing. It sounds funny at first. Yeah. Some people were probably like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's so dumb. It's I not going to. I actually just emailed one of my private clients this morning and said, by the way, this does feel weird at first. So yes, you know, if it does. feels weird, you're right on track. <laughs> because you think, oh, what does she know, right? But no, you you know, and we know. You're, you're making us understand that we know. We don't know that we know until you tell us, you know. You know? Yeah. 
Well, that's the whole point of self-realization and awakening. You know, it's a very personal process. It's different for everybody. You're going to need a support team. So you need to reach out and find people out there who are not judging you, are not rushing you, definitely not labeling you. Just stay away from people who are diagnosing you with mold allergies or you know, all of this and all of that. That's going to happen and that's going to happen. And it's like they will keep on trying to kind of keep you on that search for the external cure, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not that they're not trying to help you or do the right thing by you is what I'm saying, but it can be very misleading when your healing has to happen within you. It's like, I was just going to say that the answer is within you. That's it. There's no other way of putting it. It's yeah. And be really conscious of blaming it on external things. Like, um, you know, I've, I've heard people have Chinese medicine doctors say it's some, you know, meridian that's blocked or it's a liver condition or it's a, a mold allergy or it's a leaky gut or it's um, a TMJ. I could go on forever. You know, it's the TMJ jaw thing or it's your neck causing. It's like, no, it's you're a whole being with a body, mind, and soul, with a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual yeah. it is. interaction. And it's never one thing causing it, right? And right. It's, I'm, not, I'm not devaluing a healthy diet and, you know, being really conscious of what we're exposing sure. us we to. We don't want to be able to help your Chemicals, but just to really not invalidate your power and potency to heal from the inside and to make choices for yourself rather than have other people boss you around or play the expert. You are the expert in you and your healing. Nobody else knows you better than you. And until you step into that place of taking ownership and taking your power back, it's very unlikely your healing is going to occur. And that is why I built the self-study program. So you can do that in your own time and you can learn in ways that you choose because there are no rules are there it's like you can't do the program wrong you just use it as you feel you need to use it i think if you learn exactly what neuroplasticity means because some people will say neuroplasticity okay rewiring your brain but it's not really that if you really learn what that word is it starts happening it's mm. amazing you actually feel it yeah totally you, know, you do you it's feel like, it you like, like it's like little, little yes. fireworks in your body I, I wish I feelings. I wish I can, like you said to me, I wish I had a magic pill for you. I wish I had that for, um, yeah. new, but you, ha- the only way you'll learn is by doing it yourself and loving yourself. So I think that's the yeah. most, important. that's totally. all this life. If we don't have love for ourselves, it's, it's we're going to feel miserable all the time. Or we'll be seeking for other people to make us feel loved. So we'll be, we'll be putting it on the external world. We'll be like, oh, right. I need to buy more of this because I'm not happy. So I need to buy more stuff, right. which is really a huge marketing success. I mean, that's, I mean, it's amazing how successful the um, commercial world really is at of making course. us not love ourselves. So we buy more things. That's right. So that's, you know, something to really be aware of because we're all impacted. So Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. I'm so pleased to see you come to your strengths. I do remember oh, when, Joe, you, thank you. when you, you, you look different now, like you looked weaker and you looked probably I, even older. Like you look younger now. You look more vibrant. You look like your vitality you know, I did. come back. It's that amazing. scared me too because I would look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, this is not me. This is not who I am. <laughs> thank you. I know. Yeah. I feel great. <laughs> 
So I want to invite everyone to join our Rocksteady for Vertigo and Tinnitus Facebook group. That is a community of people who are interested in neuroplasticity and interested in learning how they can heal from the inside. I'm in there frequently sharing my own journey and connecting with other people. To get started with your healing, I highly recommend you look into the Rocksteady program. It's a 12-week self-study program. And you can find that at seekingbalance.com.au. If you feel you want private therapy support to guide you through the healing in a more intensive and supportive way, I do offer private therapy for people who are seeking that kind of personal support. That's my beautiful balance program, which you're also welcome to look into and reach out and apply if you want to work with me privately, as Elizabeth has done. Oh, my God. You will love her. (laughs) Thank you. This is really good for my confidence. And like, I'm, uh, I'll just have to say thank you sometimes. What can you do? So mm-hmm. I want to say again, thank you for your bravery and your courage in sharing your story. And I actually do remember when you felt really hesitant about sharing your case study and you've really blossomed in this time. And it's, yes, I was a little hesitant, but I want to help people like I, like your recovery stories with other clients helped me because that did help me as well. Yeah, no, well, humans help humans. And for everybody out there listening, you are going to have your own recovery story, completely unique, completely personal. No one else can go through it for you and no one else can do it for you. No one can go into your head and change your neurons. It's something you have to do by shifting your mindset, shifting your beliefs and physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually opening new doors and new opportunities for healing. It's methodical, it's practical, it's gentle and the resources are there for you whenever you're ready. So I really hope that this uh, case study interview reaches all the people who need to hear it. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I love having you in our Seeking Balance community. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy to be with you guys. I'm never going to stop. I'm always going to stay with you guys. Yeah, so, no. It's... Again, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, and you are pretty active in the, uh, in the Facebook group too, so people can reach out. And you I actually, finish, right? I actually have, uh, you know, re- uh, recommended your program to a lot of people, you know, mm. so I'm hoping they reached out to you. That would be nice. Yeah, I get that a lot. And thank you. It's great to spread the word. And for those of you or if anyone's out there and you more prefer to speak Spanish, I know Elizabeth speaks Spanish. I speak I a little bit of Spanish, but I think it's good to just be able to get support in ways that you need it. And um Absolutely. Yeah. So reach out and I will see you at seekingbalance.com.au. I'm here if you need to talk with me. And I really hope everybody listening to this finds a way for healing, find the support you need. And more than anything else, believe in yourself so that you can rediscover who you are and rebirth yourself and use the potent power of your brain because it really is way more powerful than you realize. I promise you. So on that note, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you, Joey. And bye for now, everybody.